NFR Extra is a weekly podcast that focuses on the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo and features icons that embody the rodeo and Western lifestyle. was if you ever had a guardian angel he was there with us that night because or her him or her whoever it is because scamper would normally be kind of scared of somebody there's definitely some kind of connection when you see a horse or know a horse there's something there that you're like okay this this is the deal for me and i would say that you know that was the case with the horses i picked and 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 truly just being their friend and their buddy and their teammate they weren't they were never a tool for me you know, I think those kind of horses, hey, I'm just going to make him my friend. He's going to be my buddy. Howdy, this is Andy Seiler, and you are listening to NFR Extra. When you talk about rodeo and you talk about accomplishments, Often it's not just one individual, and in this instance, it is a 11-time champion barrel racing cowgirl, and most notably with her horse, Scamper. We're talking about Charmaine James. How are you today, Charmaine? Great. How are you doing? We're doing wonderful. Where are you right now? I am in Bernie, Texas, just outside of San Antonio. What takes you there? Um, you know, it's just a great area. Um, I would say probably the number one thing that brought us here was just the, the schools were really good for our two boys, Tyler and, and the younger one, Austin, um, Tony and I decided to, to kind of relocate here. Uh, it's been about 15 years now, um, that we've been here just cause the schools were really good. We had friends around here. Um, it's just a, really Bernie's just a really neat town, just a really cool town. And yet we're still close to the airport in San Antonio. So what does day-to-day life look like there now? Um, well, what I'm doing pretty much full-time, I'm a full-time mom. Um, you know, Tyler is 18 now. He's getting ready to go to college. Um, he signed at Texas state, um, to play baseball there. So he'll go there next year. So Um, it's close to him leaving the nest. And then, um, Austin is a freshman in high school. So, um, and he plays baseball, select baseball, travel ball, um, whatever, you know, people know it as, but we travel a lot with baseball, kind of like people do for rodeo. Yes. Yes. And you know, it takes up a lot of time. I, I don't think I was home, but maybe two or three weekends this whole year. So, um, you know, just taking care of the household. Um, and also I do my, uh, schools full time. So I kind of manage all the entries for the schools and all the people do the schedules. And, um, I usually travel about once a month for a school. So, um, you know, just with holding the fort down here, helping take care of my parents, uh, you know, looking after them, they live here on our place and, and, uh, you can hear my dogs barking, wanting to go outside. So looking after them too. <laughs> so rodeo essentially was just a preconditioning spot for you to be ready to be a, a traveling baseball mom. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> it's kind of easy. You don't have yeah. to clean stalls when you get in at night and look for water and 
And, uh, you know, it's pretty easy just to find a holiday in somewhere. Perfect. Yeah. You know, at a baseball game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get to the rodeo side of it. And, you know, with the, with the, your championships, 10 of which came with one horse scamper. Tell us a little bit about scamper. Well, I think a lot of people know the story of scamper. Um, but those that, that don't little refresher, he was, uh, he was a horse. My dad had a commercial cattle feeding operation with about 15,000 head of cattle. And, and so we grew up, uh, you know, helping in the feedlot, uh, weighing trucks and working in there, cleaning water troughs, you know, working cattle, moving them, so on and so forth. And, and so, um, Scamper was a horse in the feedlot. Um, he, there was a cowboy, Ron Holland that had Scamper and Scamper was kind of known as the outlaw. He'd been through quite a few sale yards and, you know, several hands and different cowboys. And he kind of bucked everybody off. And he, uh, he, he was just kind of an outlaw and Ron got along with him really good, took his time, worked cattle on him. Um, you know, got him handling really good. Like he was like a Ferrari instead of, you know, a dump truck. He, he handled really good. And, and, um, the horse I had before, scamper his name was bardo i was competing going to amateur rodeos on bardo and um he broke his leg and so we went on a search for another horse and and uh you know somehow or another god led me to to scamper and it was just kind of a match made in heaven you know here was a fearless little girl um you know that got teamed up with this outlaw horse and and, um, he, uh, he just loved me from that very moment. Like I was not a threat. And, and so anyway, that's kind of how he came to be. And, and scampers just truly, I mean, unbelievable as far as speed, talent, um, toughness. Oh my gosh. He definitely will go down in the books as iron horse, you know, to live on that rodeo trail for, you know, competed at the high level for 11, 10, 11 years. And, um, he just every year stayed at the top of his game. He had surgery to remove a slab fracture out of his knee. And there's just, there's a lot of things that went on with him. He was absolutely iron horse. Um, I dedicated my whole life to taking care of him and, uh, you know, just would never have done it without him, but he loved it. He loved rodeo. Um, he did great in Vegas, loved Vegas. Um, I think the energy there was so good. Um, you know, can kind of pick that up, you know, just by the crowds and, and, um, you know, definitely couldn't have done won those 10 world championships without him. Now there's 11 titles total. You just mentioned 10 of those were with Scamper. What were the other horses that were going down the road with you during this? Or was Scamper just number one for those 10 years? Um, well, um, he was pretty much number one, those 10 years. Um, I, I bought a horse named magic, um, through a friend of mine, Larry Stevens. He was a barrel horse trainer. He was a jockey. He, he probably was one of the best, you know, all time trainers at the time. And so I bought this horse magic and, and magic was really good in little bitty pins. And, and I had got him towards the end of scamper's career. So I kind of had something to roll over to because that was my livelihood was rodeoing and competing. And, um, you know, I had people tell me all the time, Charmaine, you'll, you know, once scamper's gone, you'll never make it again. You know, you get one good horse and that's it. And, 
you know, my whole livelihood was sponsors and, and um, everything came from rodeo. So I had to kind of be thinking out ahead, um, you know, cause I knew I'd be retiring scamper. And, and um, so I, I brought magic along. Um, he definitely wasn't a uh, scamper, but he was really good. I was able to make it to the NFR um, after him. And um, he really, that horse really taught me a lot how to ride. He was just completely different style. He taught me how to ride, but, um, that was, that horse was just absolute perfect, the right timing for him. Um, I competed on him at the NFR. Um, and then I, uh, I had a horse named Sloopy. Um, I bought with the business partner. We bought him and, uh, made the NFR with him. Um, and then, uh, I, you know, I knew I was looking for, you know, I just knew there was another horse out there somewhere. Um, I ended up at a sale yard in Clovis, New Mexico. Um, there was a horse in there. He was, uh, by streak and six, a world champion race horse and out of a ladybug's moon. And I know that doesn't mean anything, but the breeding was really good. Race bred horses kind of known to run barrels. And so I went in and in the pen and I looked at this horse and he pinned his ears and he ran me out of the pen. And I was like, okay, there's one that, uh, can handle the road. That's tough. So, so I bought him and he was, he was rank. He would pin his ears. He'd go after you. He would try to kick you. Um, and so, you know, I think those kind of horses, Hey, I'm just going to make him my friend. He's going to be my buddy. And, uh, so that horse, I ended up, um, competing on him at the finals, um, several times, one runner up one year was in the top five, a couple times with him. And uh, finally won that world championship again in 2002 with Cruiser. And, and I ended up winning, you know, a little over 800,000 with that horse. Um, you know, he was, that horse was just, just a fun, amazing horse. What a, what a great journey. So it sounds like the horses that you like are the ones that nobody else does. Definitely kind of the outlaw trend. Um, I, I definitely have picked the ones that, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I get, it's just like probably somebody uh, picking their wife, you know, some of it <laughs> is really good and some of it maybe not so good, but there's definitely some kind of connection when you see a horse or no horse, there's something there that you're like, okay, this is, this is the deal for me. And I would say that, you know, that was the case with the horses I picked and, and, and truly just being their friend and their buddy and their teammate, they weren't, they were never a tool for me. Yeah. That's impressive too. And, you know, you talk about the connection like that. And of course there's one, you know, everybody thinks about, you know, you and Scamper and the bridalless run, you know, I mean, that is a horrifying situation for most people on a horse that is that sort of a temperament, that sort of a speed and ability, and then to essentially lose control. I mean, that connection is what made it special. Yeah. That connection saved us, you know, diverted diverted disaster. Um, and, uh, yeah, for sure. The, the, the connection there and, and that just automatic instinct in me, it wasn't something that was probably necessarily trained in there. It was just automatic reaction to just stay calm, act like nothing happened. <laughs> and you're okay. Slow my heart rate down a little bit. Now, how right, old yeah. were you when that right. happened though? Uh, let's see. I was, I was in 85. So I would have been 15. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. 
And you talk yeah. about the energy too. This isn't something that happened in the practice pen, but the Thomas and Mac, like you said, the energy there where everybody is on top of you and screaming and cheering and probably the gasp for the people that notice that that happens. And it's like, that was essentially the recipe for a horrible train wreck. Yeah. And you know, when it was happening, I, I'm like, okay, the, the, it broke, but at the same time, I just kept thinking, well, just keep it picked up. At least I had the reins around his neck. Um, and so just ride like you normally do. And, um, uh, so, you know, got through it just like, you know, it was perfect. The run was perfect. And, and, um, of course now coming out, you could just hear in, in the people in the alleyway and everybody started to panic, you know, when I headed out that alleyway and scamper almost caught another gear and they tried closing oh a gate gosh. and I barely squeezed through that opening. And, and, um, you know, I just, I just remember pulling back on those reins around his neck and I was just like, Whoa. And at the time back, you know, back in the day at the NFR, they did not have a gate at the end. So basically when you went running up that tunnel, um, it was a long ways out. Thank goodness. Um, when you got to the end, basically you were just right out on the streets. Yeah. I mean, I could have went to Las Vegas Boulevard. Honestly. <laughs> well, I would have never made it because, you know, horses and metal shoes don't stand up very good on the, on the blacktop. So, so anyway, uh, yeah, I just knew I had to get him stopped and I already had in my mind, if I don't get him stopped, I'm jumping off on the dirt pad at the top because <laughs> I'm not riding him. I'm not riding him on the blacktop cause we'll go down. He can you figure know. the rest out. Every year, rodeo fans make their way to Las Vegas to immerse themselves in the Western lifestyle. For many, their NFR experience includes a trip or two to the Cowboy Channel Cowboy Christmas in search of more. More time with friends, more fashion, more entertainment, more choices, more autograph sessions, and more Vegas. The Cowboy Channel Cowboy Christmas, December 1st through 10th at the Las Vegas Convention Center, South Halls. Open daily from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's all here. Yeah. And so, uh, anyway, as I was nearing the top, um, he, I, he was starting to slow down on his own and, um, you know, kind of just an, a little bit of a normal routine, just taking longer to get stopped. And, and my uncle who was, a he, he was a horseshoer, but also was a jockey. He'd been around a lot of racehorses. And so he's just that tough, gritty guy, you know, used to handle it, um, being around horses. And he, he knew what was happening because he was watching it on the TV monitor out back. And he came halfway down that alleyway. And for whatever reason, when he kind of ran alongside of him and grabbed those reins and kind of pulled him, you know, kind of skidded with him a little bit and at least just got his hands on the reins so that, you know, if something did booger him once he got stopped, he, you know, we had him and, and it really was, if you ever had a guardian angel, he was there with us that night because, uh, or her, him or her, whoever it is, because scamper would normally be kind of scared of somebody kind of dragging along the side of him. And, uh, he, for whatever reason, he took it and we got stopped and, and they came and they're like, Charmaine, get on the victory lap horse. You won the go round. And, uh, I was like, no, it was direct. I didn't win it. And they're like, no, get on the victory lap horse. You won it. And I, I kind of laughed. I was like, yeah, right. And they're like, get on and go. They're waiting for you. You know, the rodeo, the time, the rodeo has got to be run on time. It's runs yep. one of the fastest run rodeos. Right. So they were kind of mad at this point. <laughs> so I get on and go. I, I just, I, I couldn't believe it. 
talk about a moment of just adrenaline rush. Oh like, my gosh. This all just goes down in a matter of probably what was like 30 seconds a minute max, but it felt, felt like, like an forever, hour. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, and then, right. hey guys, let's let's go. Get on the black horse. Like you gotta make your victory lap. Let's go, let's go. I right. I can't even. <laughs> and at 15 yeah. years old, I think a lot of people forget those that are running at the Thomas and Mac now have to be 18 to even have their card. You were experiencing this at 15 years old before even, you know, you could drive yourself in your own vehicle and to be able to be calm and collected and just let that happen and ride out is just crazy. I didn't realize you were so young. That was just a gift. That was just truly a gift from God. I think that's probably why I get along with a lot of horses is just a little bit of just that calm nature anyway, you know, Um, and when you're younger, you know, you haven't seen all the wrecks that can actually happen, yeah. but I, you know, I think that, you know, even if you're at Bauer brother and, you know, you've seen somebody get hung up and drugged, it doesn't phase them when something happens with them. You just, at the moment you react to whatever you feel like you need to do, you know, is the right move. So that's kind of instinct more than, than anything. As a champion, I have a kind of offbeat question, but do you think your personality is a very calm and collective or are you very, you know, direct, go at it, keep going, keep moving personality? Uh, I would, I would would probably say it's probably a mixture of both. Um, I I feel like you've got to be real balanced, you know, you got to kind of have it all. And um, so, you know, when you need to turn it up and dial it up and work harder. You've got that. But if you need to, you know, chill out a little bit, you can do that too. You look at 11 championships and that's something, I mean, most people in any discipline, any sport, anything, one-time champion is sufficient. I mean, you can hang your hat on that. What drives you or what drove you and how did you maintain such a competitive edge for so long? Well, originally, um, you know, when I grew up in that feedlot, um, you know, my dad, my dad made us work for our money. Um, he made us go out and work for everything that we have, everything we had. Right. So if we had uh, feedlot calves that we took and sold, we, you know, that was, that was our money. So, you know, even though I was young, I was still already learning, like, you know, you have to kind of pay your way and And, um, even when I started rodeoing in 1984, that first year I started out not doing that well, um, just wasn't winning as much as I should. And, you know, my dad sat down and he's like, Hey, you know, you need to, you know, you need to win your mother's away from home. Everybody's sacrificing for you to go. If you're not winning, you know, there's no point going. I was like, well, right, exactly. So I already had that in my mind that, you know, I needed to kind of make my way and, And, um, I remember looking in a WPRA news and seeing Sherry Elms was leading the world. She had, she had won like $15,000 and I was like, well, that's shoot. That's, that's a lot of money. I could buy a pickup with that, you know, so kind of already understanding, you know, that you had to, uh, you had to make money now, maybe at the time I didn't realize how much money it was going to cost to rodeo with trucks and trailers and entry fees and you know, all your entry fees and it it costs a lot to go down the road. So I think originally I did it. I was like, it was something I loved, something I was good at. You know, I knew horses and, and, uh, and, and it was just fun. Like I just loved it. Just ate it up. I didn't know any other way of life. It was, you know, complete, absolute livelihood 
um, you know, just winning and, and um, maybe even a game a little bit of just, cause it wasn't just about competing in the arena. It was, it was a, a game of knowing, finding the best horseshoers, finding the best people to help you the right feed, the right supplements, all the, all the right tools that give you that edge. So, you know, some of it was good. Some of it wasn't, but, but ultimately, you know, it's, it goes kind of beyond that, that 15 seconds in the arena. For the, the championships, once you start winning, once you become a champion and a multi-time champion, you probably absorb the fact that, okay, I'm a champion. People say champion. Now with the word icon, has that really settled in to where people start recognizing Charmaine James and icon? Uh, yeah, I, I just never really thought of it that way. Um, you know, being, trying to be a humble person and I just, I don't know, it's just such an honor and, and, uh, you know, it's just love Las Vegas and all the support, you know, you got from Las Vegas and, and the rodeo people over the years, so many people there are your friends and still friends today. And it's just really an honor and and maybe it really hasn't set in yet you know but it is it's just super cool and to go with ty and trevor um you know they're my friends they're my buddies they're great family people love their families what a you know just what a cool just amazing honor what does the thomas and mac mean to you i mean when you get to Las Vegas and you get to that building what is the feeling like when you walk into it being that you have competed and won so much Oh, you know, if I see a picture of the Thomas and Mac, if I see, you know, a basketball game at UNLV, it just brings back so many memories and, and, um, you know, it's just such a great place. Like, like just going and competing and winning there so much, like, it was just like, wow, there was a lot happened in that building. So when I see it, it's just brings back so many good memories. And, and, you know, there were times I went there and didn't do as well, but but boy, those were such learning opportunities to, you know, to grow and to get better and, and to help me when I, when I had cruiser. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, Las Vegas and Las Vegas, UNLV, all the, all the people who went into it, Las Vegas events, um, you know, just the rodeo secretaries, the, the, the press around rodeo was just such a great experience. Absolutely. Your name is about to be hung from the rafters in this building. And it is something our team and Las Vegas is looking so forward to taking that time to recognize these, you know, three icons that have truly paved the way in part of the history of coming to Las Vegas and the growth that will continue. Then we get to go to a luncheon to celebrate you and your two I don't know what the best word would be. Icons. Icons. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the perspective, what are you most looking forward to throughout that duration or out that moment? Oh, wow. Um, I, I mean, I don't know that I could necessarily pick out one particular thing, but, um, and, and, you know, to be right there with Ty and Trevor would be amazing. I hope um, you make sure to take that extra minute since they rushed you in the victory lap when you get to go to the dirt though. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Uh, yes, I will. I will take the extra time for sure. 
get an extra couple waves in there, you know, when you accept it with that big, beautiful bronze that's going I'm, to be in your hand. I might be the happiest person there. Like you're going to see me smiling from ear to ear. Like it, it's just going to be, uh, uh, this most amazing moment for me. I can already tell you that right now. Do you think there will be a tear? Um, I don't know. You know, sometimes that just hits you in different ways. Yes, maybe. I don't know. But I know that I'm I'm already happy. So I already know that at that very moment, um, I'm just going to be ecstatic. Well, we look forward to having you here in Las Vegas and uh, presenting you with this incredible opportunity and award. And uh, thank you for all that you've done for the sport and for the generations to come and being a role model icon. Uh, for generations to come. So Charmaine, thank you for your time today and we look forward to seeing you in Las Vegas. Thank you. Want to experience more of the NFR? Then visit nfrexperience.com and we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've heard on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe.